Well, last week we kind of got into a little, just a mini-series of, called Family Peace. And uh, in light of the holidays season, we, we uh, kind of we named it uh, Dashing Through the Week. What, what it looks like, how to navigate through a very crazy, busy family. And uh, there's a lot there, more there that we would like to teach on in the future and maybe even do a podcast on. So there's a lot about that. And so many families find themselves in a very busy season and situation. And uh, how many know that God's grace moves at the speed of busy? <laughs> Amen. And so we believe that. And so we shared that last week. And this week, I just wanted to continue with this series and, and talk about family peace and uh, we want to just talk about a little bit like conflicts in marriage. So I called this, Oh Holy Fight. thought that would be in, in the spirit of the season, Oh Holy Fight. Amen. Hallelujah. In Proverbs chapter 20, verse 3. Amen. I just thought of something this morning as well, too. You know, we, um, we have, obviously, our two oldest, are, our boys are married, and they're, you know, um, in, in life, and they're involved there. We still have two home. And how many have teenagers? Let me see your hand. You have teenagers, right? Young kids, everything. However, you have the situation where you like, or you had teenagers, and, you know, you're in the situation where their room's a mess, right? There's, like, clothes everywhere, and you go, and you take one hoodie that was left downstairs or wherever, and you just put it in the room or throw it in the room, and what do they say? Uh, hello, why are you messing my room up? You know, and I don't know why teenagers are so uh, talented that they can actually navigate through that kind of mess and, and dis disruption. And uh, so they're very, they're, they're very keen and very aware. They know exactly when you put something clean on the floor. You know, exactly or, or wherever. You know, it's like clean, but it's like, you know, one of those things. So, and uh, navigating through family times and family life can be interesting. And sometimes there's a lot of disagreements and conflict, amen. But how many of the Lord really wants us to learn to grow in our faith, no matter what situation we're in and what we face as Christians, I believe the Lord can turn it around for his glory, his good, and our growth, is that right? And so conflicts in marriage have a way of not um, really kind of bringing us down or destroying things. They have a way of building us up. And so if we look at it a different perspective in God's way, I believe we can learn some tremendous lessons. And there's just a few things I'm gonna share with you today. Uh, we could probably make a whole 10-week course out of this uh, and conflicts in marriage and uh, and everybody's like yeah and um, but but we're just going to narrow it down to a couple things today in Proverbs chapter 20 verse 3 the Bible says I'm reading out of the living and the amplified uh, it, it's an honor for a man to keep away from strife by handling situations with thoughtful foresight but any fool will start a quarrel without regard for the consequences in the living, it says, any fool can start arguments, but the honorable thing is to stay out of them. Amen. To stay away from them, to avoid them. I know there's some people that they just live and breathe conflict. They just love contention and love confronting everything and everybody. But how many know that usually is in a very peaceful situation? And we're really looking for family peace and uh, peace in our homes, that your home is a, 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 a zone or an area of peace, not a war zone. Amen. That it's a comfort zone, not a war zone. And so I believe we share some things today, maybe it'll help about how we can do a holy fight. Amen. But, uh, you know, conflict in marriage is, is inevitable. Fighting is optional, right? How many know what I'm talking about? Conflict is inevitable. It's just going to happen. Um, you know, that's just, that's life. And conflict is not a sign of a bad marriage. It's not a sign of a bad relationship. Come on, it's a sign that you're human. I thought of the story, and most of you have heard this story before. There's a couple that went into a restaurant, and, and the husband um, ordered a steak, and the waiter asked, how would you like that? And he said, the way I uh, win arguments with my wife, and he goes, rare it is. Okay, you'll get it. So 
Anyways, so, um, but that's just the way it is, right? There's this conflict, and so, but there's a difference between disagreements and conflicts and fighting, and we'd like to talk a little bit more about that sometimes, and there's definitely some issues that arise there, but the difference isn't how much a couple uh, has conflict, how, many, how often they have conflict. The difference is how they handle it, and in Proverbs, it says this, uh, uh, I believe it's Proverbs 17, uh, where is it? Proverbs 17 talks about that we can have, um, you can have uh, peace with just a little, or you can have a lot with strife. Amen. And I don't know about you, but I'd rather have a little with peace than a lot with strife. And uh, talked about a house. You can have a little bit in a quiet home and have this peace in your home, or you can live in a big house and have conflict, and it's just not worth it. And so I believe that uh, one of the things we see is that the Bible teaches us that conflict has a way to either draw you closer or draw you farther apart or divide you a little bit more. And I believe it's how you handle that situation. It's how you look at things and how you handle things because conflict really isn't motivated by winning the argument, getting your way, or proving your point. The goal should be is that we are to build an understanding between one another. We are to grow stronger through this, and we are to kind of learn more about each other so that we can love one another. How I many know that's a definition of love? And that we, we don't just, you know, conflicts aren't about uh, motivated about I'm getting my own way and winning and, and, and proving my point. But the goal is, is that we should be motivated by, you know, wanting to grow together and that we are kind of learning more about each other and we're being more understanding with each other. Amen. How many know it's a good definition of love, right? And so that's what, what we see with the, the Bible teaches us about conflict. But however, however, with every conflict, you run a risk. Amen. You run a risk. Because when sparks begin to fly, it can either warm your house or burn it down. <laughs> Amen. So, so you do the, run the risk. And, and I, do, I know that there's a lot of people that just seem like they can't get out of conflict. But how many know the Bible teaches us that we need to live a life of resolving conflict and living in peace? The Bible says that we should strive for peace. That we should make it our goal and our aim that we should do that. The Bible says in Mark chapter 3, Jesus said this. In Mark 3.25, he said, A home filled with strife and division destroys itself. I mean, no, that's, that's, that happens, doesn't it? Some of you grew up in a house like that where it was constantly filled with fighting and, and anger and, and, and it was very destructive and it destroyed itself. Come on. The marriage kind of imploded. It just destroyed itself. Amen. But I believe that the Lord wants us to learn how to, to work or live through conflict. And there's a way that you can turn disagreements, conflict, and even fights into a good thing. Amen. That you can actually grow through it and you can actually learn from it and to get closer to one another. And so I want to just want to bring some points out about that. But it's, it's really interesting to understand that when we're talking about conflict, um, you've got to look at uh, some things that unresolved issues and ongoing conflicts between couples um, and, and long-lasting fights, they shouldn't be the norm. How many have just had maybe, maybe had relatives like that or parents like that or maybe you just know people like that where just fighting is normal? 
You know, just some people can't even almost function without fighting. If you're, you never know somebody like that? Like, confrontation is their, is their, like, language. You know what I mean? You ever know to people like that? I mean, no, that's not the norm. The Bible says that we should live at peace with one another, that we should honor one another, that we should serve one another, love one another. And, uh, and so if you find yourself in a place and your marriage is constantly, it's about fighting and winning arguments and, and constantly bickering, amen, I believe that you need to look for some help. I believe you need to ask the Lord to help you and look in his word and then, Maybe just call and, and get some help and, and say, man, we need to work this out, amen, because I, I believe that conflicts may be inevitable, but fighting is optional, and, and living in division and, and strife is optional. Come on, that's what the Bible teaches, and so um, one of the things also to point out about this is that really enduring conflicts and these long-lasting fights among couples really brings an instability and security in kids. And so it really affects your whole house, doesn't it? It affects your whole, uh, not just your marriage, but it affects your, your family. It affects your kids and your neighbors and everybody, really. And so how many know our goal is to have family peace? Our goal is to have peace at home. That's our goal, amen, right? And But we're gonna have conflicts. There's gonna be some disagreements and there's gonna be some things, but it's how we choose to handle those that really make the difference. Let me just give you some principles about this. Some principles really about conflict. I'm just going to give you a few. I could, we could talk like so long about this. I just wanted to throw some stuff out, especially in light of the holidays. I think, first of all, um, it's important to, to go this route. Don't sweat the small stuff. <laughs> Don't argue over every little, bitty, tiny, little thing, right? I mean, how you like pick up your like coffee mug. Are you serious? You know, whatever. I mean, how you put the ketchup in the refrigerator, anything. Like, it, you know, how many know there's just, it, you know, the Bible talks about nagging. And it's not just to women, by the way, guys. It's nagging. It's just this, on, it's this constant, like this little dripping, the Bible says. It's like this dripping of annoyance, right? So don't sweat the small stuff. That really helps, doesn't it? I mean, keep the bigger picture in mind, you know? Okay, so they did that. Who cares? It's not a big deal, right? I don't want to die on this hill, right? And, and that's what we have to do. We have to know when to stop. How many know some people just need to learn to let it go, right? And you can even sing that to them. Right, okay, as they do that, we just need to learn when to go. You gotta learn to pick your battles and don't sweat the small stuff. Um, Proverbs 19.11 says it's, one, it's to one's glory or credit to overlook an offense. So this means that sometimes you just can simply overlook your difference. You can just overlook it. Now that doesn't mean you're gonna overlook sin and things like that, but overlook just the petty little things. How many know you just need to do that, right? We say just let it roll off your back. Just kind of let it go. And uh, there's just some people, they just can't let it go, right? How many have just... No people like that. They just cannot let little things go. And, and so uh, why? Because the Bible says that those little things can become bigger things and those bigger things can destroy marriage. And so um, it's just important to do that. Number two, I just want to encourage you to work it out. That's important, isn't it? Just work it out. Some people don't want to work it out. They just, they just quit. They, they run. They, they avoid it. Um, but that's not what the Bible teaches us. The Bible teaches us that we need to have the courage and the grace to work it out. So I think it's important to have the courage and not just the courage to work it out but the grace to work it out. I think some people think when I say that word courage, have the courage to work it out, they mean stand there and fight. That's not what it means. Beat, beat each other up verbally. No, that's not what that means. It means you should have the courage to say, you know what, no matter how I feel, we're gonna work it out. I'm, gonna, I'm in here for the long haul. I'm not, I'm not just gonna ignore this. I'm not gonna sweep it under the rug. I'm not gonna act like it didn't happen, but I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do it in a loving, graceful way. 
right? We've got to be people that learn how to work it out. How many of the Lord wants us to work things out? He doesn't want us to run from situations. He doesn't want us to hide. He doesn't want us to ignore it. He wants us to work things out. And you've got to have that grace to work it out. And again, it's not about working out your way. It's not about, I'm going to, I'm going to fight this thing until this person sees my perspective. How many know that's not what the Bible's talking about? That's not what the, what the Bible teaches us, that we don't do that. But one of the things that we can do is we work it out. I think it's so important is that to have peace as the end game. When you get in a situation, always have peace as the end result. That's what we're going for. That's what we're striving for. That's what I want this thing to, to come on, right? And so how many know it's hard to, to live in peace when you want your own way all the time, right? When it, to, to live with somebody like that, it's very hard to live in peace. But when you want to live in peace, you humble yourself and you say, what do we have to do to have peace in this situation? You work it out. And that's what, that's what the Bible teaches us. And, and I believe that, like, you know, I've known some, some men and some guys that they're so adamant about having the last word in every argument. And whatever a woman says after that is the beginning of a new argument. Have you ever known those people, right? I mean, uh, that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible says that we need to, to, to live in peace and to strive for peace. And so even in conflict, we can do that. I want to just throw this out about working it out as Part of working it out is to avoid the silent treatment. And you've heard this before, and we've talked about this, but sometimes when people give you the silent treatment, they think that the silence is, is a, will communicate to you their perspective. How many know it doesn't? Silence does not communicate your perspective, right? Silence actually brings more frustration. Silence brings actually more contention. It brings more frustration. It actually brings on more of a burden into an already uh, heavy situation sometimes. And so, you know, uh, don't mistake silence for communication. Some people think, well, that's just the way I communicate. How many know silence isn't a good communicator? It just doesn't happen. And so silence oftentimes becomes a, a, a manipulative tool. It becomes manipulation. You just are always silent. You're not going to talk about it. I'm going to ignore it. And you're just basically manipulating either that person or you're trying to manipulate the situation. But how many know talking really about things leads to understanding? And understanding leads to peace. Amen, right? Is that what the Bible says that we need to talk about it? Now, of course, we can talk about communication and the way we should do that, and that'll be another sermon, but I believe that it's so important that we avoid the silent treatment. We don't think that silence is a way of, of communicating our perspective to the other person. And I do believe that it's important to have uh, what a lot of people uh, give the advice is to have a cool-off period. How many know sometimes it's good to just have a cool-off period where you just kind of go away and then come back to the situation, try to work it out? That's really what the Bible teaches about working it out. You know, that principle also works in church leadership. Many people don't realize that, but when you have a disagreement in church leadership, uh, as we see in the book of Acts, one of the things that they did is they contended over this thing. They argued about something, and then the Bible says they prayed about it, and then they came back to it. And so sometimes it's important that you do have a, a kind of a, 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 just that cooling off period where maybe you should go and pray about it. Maybe you should just take a ride and think about what you just told her or said or and said to him. And then, but come back to it. Work it out. Kind of work it out. And if that doesn't work, do it again. And then until you work it out, right? I mean, have you ever had those things that you're just like days? It's like you're doing that. Like months. Like years, you guys, some of you guys are into years doing this, right? Okay, we're still trying to work this thing out, right? From like 19, whatever. And, um, 
It doesn't work, but I think that's important. But, you know, things like, you know, uh, just being completely angry and short views and slamming doors and throwing stuff and being gone for days, how I many of that's just not a healthy option to working it out? It's just not. And uh, many people say, well, that's just how I feel about it, and that's just how I deal with it. But how many know that we need to deal with things the way the Bible teaches us to deal with things? Amen. So really the goal is to have that open communication and not play games over it. You know, one of the things I realized is that when you're young and, you know, in marriage, it's easy to see those games being played out, right? And, it, and, and when you get older and, you, and the longer you get married, you, sometimes you don't stop playing games. They just get real sophisticated. We call them something else, right? You just get really good at it. And it's just called something else. Well, now I'm just, you know, really going to think about this. But you're still playing the game, right? Amen? And so be careful of that. And, and again, talking leads to understanding. Understanding leads to peace. And I think that's important. Proverbs 15.1 says, A gentle answer turns away anger, but harsh words cause quarrels. In verse 4, Gentle words cause life and health. Griping brings discouragement. Keeping, keep talking about it over and over and over again. Sometimes you just got to let it go. When someone, don't you, isn't that frustrating when you're like in the heat of this thing and then somebody at the beginning of like a disagreement apologizes right away? Oh, whoa, 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 you're not getting off that easy, right? We're going we're gonna to talk about this. You know, you know working, uh, someone said, you know, hey, never go to bed angry, work it out. How many know sometimes that doesn't work? Like arguing with something at two in the morning doesn't make me feel any better. How many have ever done that? It's two, two in the morning, you gotta get up early. How many know that's not a good time to like, okay, let's work this out, amen? Sometimes you just need to like turn the lights off, be quiet, get some rest, and come back to it the next day, amen? <laughs> amen. But you know, one of the things uh, so many Christian psychologists and family counselors tell us is that most disagreements are misunderstandings. They're just misunderstandings. Oh, I, I thought or... You know, I, I, I figured you didn't want, or I, I, yeah, I mean, okay, but the last time, that's what you did. So I just thought this time, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. And so a lot of, most disagreements are just misunderstandings. And, and um, but here's the important thing, is that there's two words really that are important in working it out, and that is negotiation and compromise. I mean, that's kind of just a part of a normal, healthy relationship, and you need that. Really, it's essential in any marriage. You need to have this negotiation and compromise. People are like, don't like that word. Well, I'm not gonna compromise, praise God. I'm standing on the truth. No, you gotta have negotiation and compromise. If you're half smart, you know what I'm talking about. Amen. There needs to be that time. There needs to be that negotiate. Negotiating isn't seeing how long it'll take her to see it my way. That's not negotiating. Negotiating is, okay, I'll do this. If, yeah, okay, I see that. Yeah, and then I'll do that. I mean, that's difficult to do, but that's part of working it out. And that's part of the communication progress. And I, I, I think about one, what, what one guy said, and he said, you know, I would agree with my wife, but then we both would be wrong. I mean, you know, that's not, that's not negotiating compromise. Um, that's, that's not good, right? And, uh, and then the third thing I just want to share, again, we can share so much about it, but uh, in light of the holidays, we'll keep it light. Um, and that is, you just need to learn how to fight fair. <laughs> 
right? I mean, just, I'm serious. I mean, there's just called rules of, rules of engagement. You just got to learn how to do it the right way. And some people just don't know how to fight right. <laughs> they don't know how to disagree the proper way. And I'm, I'm learning. I'm just like, you know, learning and figuring this out. I think if I was in school about this, I'd still be in first grade, but I'm, I'm learning and things like that. But I think it's important to, to fight fair. Amen. And a lot of people say, well, we're not supposed to fight, praise God. We've never had a fight in our lives. That's great. However you want to interpret what I just said, you do that. But just be fair about it. Amen. See, because again, some people consider arguing and, and confrontation as like their regular communication skills. Like if you were to ask them, what are your communication skills? Arguing, debating, confrontation. How many ever met people like that? It just seems like that's, they really pride themselves in that's my communication skills. But how many know the Lord teaches us that our communication skills need to change? <laughs> Aren't you glad that God doesn't talk to us the way that we talk to some people? I mean, I'm so glad about that. Amen. I mean, sometimes he really gives it to me. Like, you know, I'm, I'm really in trouble with the Lord, but most of the time he's not talking to me like I talk to other people. And so, I don't think it's important. I never forget hearing this. Uh, my friend told me that his parents, you know, grew up and it just seemed like they're always fighting about something. And, and, but yet they were married for like 60 years. You know what I'm saying? And like they fought over everything. And so, but you know what? To them, it, they felt like that was normal. They felt like that was part of, that's just communication. That's just the relationship. I mean, how many have ever seen those people in a restaurant? You're like, oh my goodness, those that couple's embarrassing. And yet they've been married for like 60 years, right? Anyways, but how many know it's not normal? And I think this ongoing contentions and, and really heated fights and things, how many know that shouldn't be the norm? That shouldn't be the normal. That shouldn't be something that we feel like that's okay, it's normal. I feel like working it out, working through it, and then growing and learning from it is so important. So we've got to learn to fight fair. Um, there's some people that use old wounds and past failures to win arguments. I mean, no, that's not good. And I believe it's important that we need to respect each other's feelings. Now, I don't think it's important that, I don't think it's necessary to respect manipulation tactics, but I do believe it's important to respect other people's feelings. Now, there's a lot of people feel like, well, we don't live by our feelings, bless God. You know, we live by faith, and so we don't respect fear. We don't respect, you know, uh, anger. We don't respect those things. But how many know you got to respect, uh, you know, your, your spouse's feelings? You just do. I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, if you're going to have a healthy relationship, you got to respect when they say, you're frustrating me, or this is how I feel about this. This is how you made me feel. You've got to take that in consideration. You can't be like, well, bless God, you got to live by faith, and you need to grow up. How many know that's not a good thing to say? You know, that, that's just not always a solution. And so, not just with, with, with contention or uh, conflict, but in any situation. You know, when you, if your only advice in life is like, hey, just get over it. How many know you're, you're a person that doesn't really know how to deal with situations? You're a person that isn't secure in who you are in Christ and you don't know how to deal with other people. You don't really want to deal with other people when you say that all the time. And I mean, no, life, in life, it's just, that's not the answer all the time. It's just not the answer. Get over yourself. How many of that's just not the answer all the time? You can't always tell your kids that. You can't always tell your boss that. You can't always tell everybody that because there's times that you just need to work through things and you've got to get through this and you've got to learn how to live in this oh holy fight, right? You've got to do it right. And so it's important that you do respect other people's feelings, amen, but not necessarily people's manipulation, amen, and, and hurtful actions, amen. Because always, always, always this could be said that a bad attitude always creates a bad situation. 
And so when you don't, you don't look at something right or you don't fight the right way or fight fair or whatever, you know, you, this, a, bad, a bad attitude and a bad tone always create a bad situation. And I believe it's important to not insist on fighting when your spouse is tired or sick or unable to handle the, the strain of it and they're, under, they're overwhelmed and they're pressured. That's just not a good time. That's just not smart to bring up something very contentious or something or have conflict. Come on, somebody. So, you know, sometimes people see that weakness and, and they kind of go for it right there. And that's just not smart, is it? And so I want to encourage you and throw that out. Because really, really, this is what, what, what kind of the Bible begins to, we see through and begin to teach us about contention and, and conflict with one another is that no one should win an argument. Because when you win, somebody loses. When you win, somebody else loses, Right? And that builds resentment in a marriage. And so what happens is, is that your quest for winning all the time really begins to destroy your relationship and your marriage, right? So there, there shouldn't be that somebody always, that one partner is always winning a fight and winning an argument because the other person loses. And then as a result, both people have lost the marriage. Most, most people have just lost. And so don't, don't pride yourself in, I can win an argument. I should, be a, I should be a lawyer. I could win. I could win any argument with my wife or whatever. How many know that's just not a good, healthy, functional relationship? Amen? We shouldn't look at it like that. We should look at it like both of us are going to come to peace. This is what our end game is, peace. It's not about winning. It's about peace. Amen? And so that's why James tells us that we should be swift to hear, quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to wrath, that you should be slow to anger, you should be slow to these knee-jerk reactions and anger and frustration and confrontation, you should be slow to those things, amen? This is the only thing in your life that you can feel proud of that people say you're slow in. <laughs> slow to anger, I'm, I'm slow to jump to conclusions, I'm slow to think the worst of people, that, that's just not my first reaction, my first reaction is think the best, look for peace, try to work this out. Amen? That's what James teaches. Let me just give you three things about fighting, all right? So we did talk about it. We'll talk about it, the difference between uh, conflict and fighting. But three things about fighting is that the number one reason for fights is pride. The Bible says in Proverbs 13, 10, only by pride comes contention or arguments, but with the well-advised, there's wisdom. Amen, right? So pride leads to arguments. Be humble, take advice, and become wise. Proverbs 28, 25 says, a proud heart stirs up strife. It's just an arrogant person. A proud person just goes around stirring up trouble and fights. And so the number one reason for fights is pride. The number one reaction to fights is anger. And the number one result to fights is unrest. There's no peace. Amen, right? There's just no peace. And so we need to work on that. So let me just give you a real quick and Closing, actually, um, how to maintain peace in, in our homes, in our marriages. Number one, I believe it's important that you never stop the actions of love. No matter what you're going through, you should continue the action of love. Amen. Well, I don't feel like it. They're not showing it. They're not behaving right. You know, we're, we're just working this out right now. We can't get past this. But how many know we should never stop showing the action of love? Compliments, doing something nice for one another and serving one another. Amen. Never stop doing that. And um, recently I ran into a, 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 
friend of mine that, you know, he was uh, coming home from work, got out of his car, and he had this big, you know, bouquet of flowers. And I'm like, man, that's, man, you're getting points, man, that's good. And he was like, well, it's kind of a makeup thing. You know what I'm talking about, right? And so, how many know? But that's good, because you can nev- never stop those actions, never stop doing those things, even though you're going through something difficult, never stop those things. And, and it's important that when you go through conflict, is it, and again, I'm learning these things myself, you gain a new understanding. What you have to do is you extract this information of this conflict and say, you know what, I'm going to be a, a better husband, a better wife because of this. I'm going to learn about this person more. I'm going to be more understanding to how they feel and where they're at and where they're coming from. And I want this, this conflict to allow growth in our marriage. Amen. How many know that's important, isn't it? And so to gain a new understanding, to gain an appreciation for somebody else's perspective, somebody else's view on things, somebody else's, uh, how they feel about those things. Now, I know a lot of people, they just don't want to go there. Well, you know, I'm not some mushy, warm, fuzzy person. Well, it's high time you become warm and fuzzy in at least one area of your life. And that is being understanding. Come on, when it comes to those things. And so, um, people aren't just gonna, and everything's a little bit different, isn't it? And so I think it's important that we gain an appreciation for another person's perspective. This is a lifelong lesson, by the way. Again, a marriage is, is a, a garden that takes a lifetime to work at. It's not a project you finish. <laughs> it's not something you, like you build the shelf. Up, it's done, it's complete. It's just this garden you keep working at, and it's working at. How many know some seasons as a garden, you get more rain than sun? And other times you get more sun than you do rain. And there's just different seasons and you go through these different things and you learn to cultivate that garden during no matter what season. Is that right? Amen. And the other thing I want to encourage you how to maintain peace is that you just implement changes. That the Lord shows you that you learn through these conflicts. That you have to implement these changes. The Bible says that we need to be doers of the word, not hearers only. Stop going through things and not learning from things. I like what one guy said. He said, don't waste a good fight by not learning from it. (laughs) Amen. So, you know, we've got to learn um, to grow through these things and and implement these changes. Because if we're not, we're going to keep doing the same thing over and over again and keep coming up through the same issues and same issues. And so one of the things about implementing changes, not just to your relationship, but to your heart. There's a lot of people that don't look at change as, as something they have to do first before their marriage changes. One of the things you have to do is you've got to change first, come on, before your relationship can change. You've got to change first. And so the, the two people together, it, you know, it's very difficult to change each other, but when each person is changing according to, amen, how the Holy Spirit's working in their life, amen, how many know it becomes easier to change together? It becomes easier for your marriage to make changes and see changes when you're changing individually. How many believe that, right? There's just a lot of people that just don't want to change. They just refuse to change. I don't, I don't, and they don't see the change. They don't see the need for change. I mean, it's frustrating to talk to somebody that doesn't see the need for change. Amen? And so we need to be people as Christians that we see that need. And one of the things I just wanted to leave you with is that we have to learn not just to get through conflicts and grow together, but we have to learn to live from our new creation. Amen? life, amen, in Christ, this new uh, creation in Christ. We're not living from, from our old ways and our old man and, and the worldly system and how we, our parents did it. We're, we're learning as the new creation in Christ. That's who we are. And everything that we do and say comes out of that nature. Come on, amen. 
Anybody? Comes out of that nature. And so we're learning and, and developing out of that new uh, relationship with Jesus Christ who's made us a new person who teaches us to respond a different way than what we want to do or used to do. How many believe that? Amen? So if we want to maintain peace and have family peace, uh, we've got to learn how to work through conflicts and how to deal with certain things in our home. Amen. And the last thing I want to leave you with today is probably the most important thing when it comes to conflicts in marriage or oh holy fight and that is prayer you've got to pray so many people just they're just they're just they're not working through it with prayer they're just like you know I'm just gonna you know I'm just I'm angry I'm upset I'm just you know and 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 the thing of it is is one of the things you have to understand is that what happens is that you bring the ultimate authority into this situation and you say Lord I want your ultimate best for this situation when you begin to pray how I many know when, when you bring somebody to prayer instead of going to them first in some kind of confrontive way, how I many know it changes your heart and your spirit? Amen. And you begin to see things. And you know what's so good about it? You got two people that are on opposite sides of one issue. And guess what? You bring the great mediator into that situation. You bring the king of kings and the lord of lords, the king of peace and the king of glory into the situation when you begin to pray. You, and, then, and how many know when you begin to bring Jesus into your relationship more, bring Jesus into your situation, especially your conflicts, I think sometimes you feel so unholy at those moments, but bring Jesus right in the midst of that. That's, that makes it easier to live in peace. It makes it easier to navigate through this situation. It makes it easier to handle these things and deal with these things when we bring the Prince of Peace into our relationships, amen? So I want to encourage you to pray. Don't just go storm off and, and you know, I need some cool off time. I'm going to, with the guys. We're going to watch the game. I'm going to, you know, uh, B-dubs, and we're going to, you know, hang out for a while. I'm not dealing with this, amen? Maybe you should just go somewhere and pray for a little bit. You say, well, that just sounds so holier than now. Yeah, it sounds holy because it's a good thing to do. When you say, Lord, I come before you, the, you're the ultimate authority, and I need you to work in this situation because I want your ultimate best in my marriage. See, when you begin to pray, then you begin to put value on that relationship. You don't just say, you know, I, I could live without this relationship. How many know you can't live without it? And so when you pray, you begin to say, Lord, I, I value what you value, and that is my spouse. I value their heart. I value them. I value... And, and also, it's, it's a way to say, Lord, I open up to change. Because how many know the Holy Spirit's going to do a work in you? So many times we want the Lord to do a work in somebody else, which there's a lot of times they need the work, believe me, right? But so many times the Lord doesn't want to do a work in us. And it's not what God gives you all the time. It, what, it's what God does in you which is important. So many people look, I want God to do this for me. I want him to do this for me. But how many of us know what God gives you? It's what he's doing in you that's so valuable. Amen. That's so important that God puts such an emphasis on, look, I can do all these things for you. That's not a problem. It's what's in you. That's what's important. That's what I'm working on. And how many know, amen, in our marriage, that's what the Lord does. And says, this is the relationship I'm developing. I want this thing to get stronger. And so it's what I'm doing in your marriage that's so important, not so much what I'm doing for you and for your marriage all the time. Amen. And so if our focus is family peace, if our focus is, you know, to have an old holy night in our marriage, amen, then we need to learn to say, Lord, we want to get through conflict the right way, amen, amen, can we stand on our feet today, pray, amen, that's so good, I hope you're praying for your, your partner on a regular basis, a daily basis, pray for them, amen, 
I think sometimes we do feel, um, especially when the Holy Spirit reveals to us like, like what we're doing and who we are. It's like, okay, I just feel so unclean. It's like Peter, when he was with Jesus, he said, Lord, get away from me, I'm a sinner. Right? How many of you ever felt that way? The Lord just showed you that and you were like, you know what? But I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm still right. No. Right? But that's the moments we just need to say, you know, Lord, we don't want to run from this. We need to, to bring you into this closer. We need to draw closer to you in this time. Amen. So many um, examples of couples that are successful in their marriage have taught me, you know, and over the years have taught my wife and I, you know, there's times where we just like had this thing and, and, and but then we'd pray together and it just, it kind of just melts your heart, doesn't it? It just kind of does something. There's a work of faith in your relationship. And so don't ignore the times that you should be praying together. It's so easy to pray in good times, isn't it? It's so easy to like, oh, everything's fun, everything's great. When everything's not so great, those are the times that you say, we need to pray together. How many of you have ever gotten that one? We're going to pray right now. And they're like, are you kidding? Pray right now? That's the last thing I want to do, right? But how many know sometimes that's the best thing you can do? Amen. So let's begin today by praying for your marriage and your relationship and your family and your kids right now. Father, we just thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you desire peace in our homes. That's, that was the most important blessing that anybody could give in the Old Testament we see. This was part of that, the covenant that God had with Abraham, family peace. And so, Lord, we want to claim that for our lives now, today. And whether we have kids that are home or whether our family is together or maybe we have blended family, we have so many different things going on in our family dynamics. Lord, it doesn't matter, Lord. We want to have family peace, peace on our home. And maybe it's for other people that come into our home, grandchildren and children and, and, and other relatives and neighbors that come into our home. That's, we want them to see peace. We want them to feel peace, that they will meet Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace, Lord. So I pray that peace would rule in our hearts and, and the God of peace would rule in our homes and our families and our marriages, Lord, that you, your law of peace would rule in our hearts and the way that you want peace that we would be dictated by. We would be, Lord, Lord, just... Uh, guided by the Holy Spirit to live in your principles and your codes of peace in Jesus name I just pray for all the marriages today I pray for all the marriages Lord whether it doesn't matter what spectrum we're on Lord I pray and I bless them in the name of Jesus I pray that Lord every Christian marriage that you would bless and that you would people that have done it your way and come under the union of Jesus Christ your way I pray you would bless them I pray you would bless their children bless their home bless their finances Everything they put their hand to do, Lord, for, for good and for godliness and righteousness, Lord, you would bless it. Overwhelm them at this season, maybe even of, of stress. Bless them right now with peace and joy at this time in Jesus' name. We just give you all the praise and all the glory for all that you're doing in our homes, Lord. We give you all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen.